Rod B, are you believing this? Oh man, survive, <laughs> survive in advance, baby. It ain't, ain't got to look pretty. Sark said, you got to win other games, baby. <laughs> I tell you Ooh. what, Longhorns, hold on. 33 to nothing after being up by 17 points Come on. Uh, early in the game. Uh, wow. This is the post game show. I'm Bobby Burton, joined by Rod Babers. Uh, Flight, thank you very much. The, the new generation of light beer from Yingling, uh, just 2.5 carbs. I tell you what, guys. Uh, let's bring in Jerry Hamilton as well. Uh, Jerry, I tell you what, man. Let's let's bring him in. Come Jerry, what are you thinking, baby? What are you thinking? I I can't believe Kleiman went for it on that fourth. Uh, I can't either. With that's what Rod and I were saying. I can't either. Yeah. I, I I can't because you keep the game going to see if Malik turns it over again. I mean, Malik had no clue where to go with the football unless it was an RPO after the first quarter. Let's be real. I, I, I'm shocked. Absolutely crazy. I tell you what, this this was a seesaw battle. Malik Murphy, uh, wow. you know what? He started off like gangbusters, and then reality set in. Uh, he threw two picks, but it could have been four. Yep. I mean, literally, he threw it into other people's hands four times, but leads them on a game go-ahead score in the fourth quarter. K-State gets the ball back one last time, goes down and hits a field goal after their field goal kicker imploded, wow. which had a direct another direct impact on the I game because so. that's why Chris Kleiman didn't go with his kicker late. Whoa, I cannot believe I'm a Jerry on that one. I still can't believe Chris Kleiman went for it. Uh, that was it's a, either he was so desperate because he did not believe in his kicker at all. He was still frustrated with his kicker after missing that easy uh, go-ahead field goal or – he thought he had a money play, and from the, I haven't rewatched the, the, the play, but that did not look like a money play to me, Jerry. Hey. It looked like to me that that he just kind of went for it out of desperation. Usually, Chris Carlin makes good decision. That was a bad one. Yeah, really bad decision. But I, I, let's look at the stats here a little bit, guys, uh, before we go to that. Um, Malik Murphy finishes 19 of 37, uh, 248 yards, one TD, two interceptions. Uh, but he started off completely differently than how he ended up. Eight of 12 to start the game, yeah. Rod. And then he went through a period where he threw 17 passes and only gained 31 yards. It was a, an arrogant game plan by K-State to start defensively. We talked about this, Jerry, on the in-game live watch. They were playing man coverage, bump and run sometimes, man Bumper. coverage, playing press man on Texas. Texas made them pay early and often. And then Texas honestly couldn't make them pay enough. Malik was short on some of those throws when they were playing man they could have connected on a few more of those, maybe just a one or two more. This might be a very different game. But then K-State starts to switch up their game plan, play a little bit more, bend but don't break, and then force Texas to play some red zone offense. And uh, once they got momentum going, Jerry, that was it. It seemed like they got confidence. And once K-State got confidence, uh, they believed they could play with Texas. They certainly did. They started, They abandoned the run. The, the announcers on TV were absolutely yep. correct. Look at, it, look at the final. Remember when we said if, if uh, uh, Will Howard had 25 passes, we thought Texas – and look at that. He threw 42, 42. times. Damn. 42 times up, uh, compared to just uh, 29 rushing attempts. The Longhorns had 37 passes, which I thought was way – there were times when yeah. I was like, why is it Sark running the ball? Especially when Me Malik started being a little bit turnover prone. Uh, Drew Kelson joining us now. Uh, this is the post-game show. Texas uh, <laughs> uh, wins 33 to, enough, uh, 33 to 30. On a woo, big one, Drew. Oh man! Uh, a overtime heartbreaker for the Wildcats, <laughs> and an overtime. Uh, you know, I don't even know what you want to call it. Uh, post. <laughs> somebody said post Texas stress disorder. <laughs> what do y'all think of that? I think that one's legitimate. <laughs> Drew, you were you uh, got a chance. What did you? What were your initial thoughts, buddy? 
Sorry, guys. A little late jumping on. I needed a cigarette. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually probably need something stronger than that. But, you know, <laughs> here we are, man. We've got the game. You know, 33-0. Uh, 33, yeah, 33-0, right? Might as well be, right? Yeah, that did happen. Boy, it should have been at halftime. It felt like it should have been that. Uh, you know, it, it's crazy because games like this, and Sark has said it throughout the season, but it's good to leave a game with a win, but also feeling like you have stuff to work on. And this was a game where I was like, we're playing, are we going to play a complete game? And then it felt like as soon as I said that, uh, we, we, start, you know, we, we started kind of turning, turning the rudders a little bit. So I don't care, man. We won this game. Um, there's some luck involved in this. There's some yep. decisions. I mean, is it worse? We're playing against one of the better red zone teams in the country. We're one of the worst in the country on mm -hmm. offense. When he decided to go for it on fourth down, <laughs> I mean, I understand your, your kicker uh, missed, missed the field goal. I understand your, your snap was an issue earlier, but thank Dang. you. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I mean, that was a we're, we're here, by the way. This is Drew and uh, Jerry. Just so y'all y'all know, we're here at, live at Schultz's. There's a party going on here, guys. Yeah. Uh, so we can't always hear everything y'all are saying. Great, uh, but I uh, want to mention that. Thank you for letting them have us as well. Um, look, I don't know what to say, Drew and Jerry, other than what a. Uh, Heart-stopping game. Texas got off to a 17-0 start, and then K-State found out that they needed to throw the ball. I'm still worried about Texas and their pass defense, Rod, after this yeah. one. Uh, but let's talk about some of the positives. A.D. Mitchell, Mitchell absolutely balled out early, yeah. made a couple of great catches, including that uh, touchdown grab in the end zone. Uh, Xavier Worthy had some nice kick returns. And, I mean, excuse me, punt returns yeah. to set Texas up deep. Texas got to probably take care of the ball better. The defense absolutely was not going to let Kansas State run on them. Yeah, they, they and they clearly did. I think that's the big, uh, to me, the big takeaway is the defense, man. The defense, rush defense. This is why K State was a bad matchup against Texas for K State because they're a run first team. We know Texas struggles against pass first teams. Even in this game, when K State had to resort to out of desperation, pass first, they made some plays. Uh, that's the that's the question going forward for Texas. Can they defend a pass first team that has to resort to that? But if you are a run based uh, offense and you are centric in that, and your your identity is built around a run game, Texas can make you look mediocre. That's exactly what they did to the K State uh, Wildcat run game. This is a top five run, run offense in the country, guys. Yeah, they had they had to abandon the running game against Nothing. Texas. They had to leave it on the side of the road. <laughs> right. Hey, hey, who who takes who takes this loss worse, Kevin Marr or Kleiman? <laughs> <laughs> I, I tell you what, Kevin Marr is officially out of the Big Twelve race. Yes, <laughs> I, I don't I don't know if the officiating had anything major to do with this game. I did think they made the right call on the turnover with Ethan Burke. That was clearly the right call. I, I didn't see anything that was uh, 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 on, the, uh, on the post corner. Worthy got grabbed and held. Oh, yes. Big time. Yeah, that, I mean, big, big time. That's an easy flag call. The flag on Watts on the sideline, dude, he's letting up. You're running full speed. You're letting up. 
Your arms are back here. You're not, there's no head. There's no nothing. Those, that's that true. was a BS call. I agree with both of those. I will say, though, if you have a 17-point lead on a team. Run the ball. You, four minutes you cannot complain about officiating. Right. Because the reason that the other team got back in the game is all on you. I if know. Kevin, can't, you're right. They, they can't do that much that wrong. Game. Kevin Moore was out of that game for a long time. Yeah, that was Sark deciding. Listen, I told y'all, it's a scorpion and the frog, right? We all know the story about the scorpion and the frog. All right? Sark is that scorpion. It is in his nature. He must throw. He must throw, all right? He has to throw first. Jerry, you've done the math. You've done the ratios early on. He will throw quarterback or not. Third string quarterback, he's going to throw it. Hell, he's going to throw it even out of the, the, the red cat, all right? Yes. He's going to throw the ball, all right? Don't matter if you're up 17 or not. He just didn't want to run the ball, and I think he came back to hunt him in this game. The truth is now, Jerry, we brought this up on the in-game live watch. There have been three chances now, three times now, where Sark's, his nature as a play caller, his affinity – for the past game has actually cost his team. Happened in the Oklahoma game, right? When you had a chance to run the run the clock out with, with four minutes left in the game, you gave them too much time left. Happened in the uh, U of H game when you got a little too cute and you were throwing the ball and then you ended up in fourth down and you start to go for the fake field goal. And it happened again in this game, all right, when you threw the ball a lot in that second second quarter and you didn't run the ball and, Jerry, you were yelling. Before the, before the, the driving was started, Jerry was like, please, sir. Please, sir, I need you to run this ball and run this clock out. Do it for me. And what did I tell you? What did I tell uh, you? I said, not in, Jared, just so you know, DNA. it's not in his nature. <laughs> not in his nature. Well, they ran it. They ran it three times when they were down, uh, it, when all they had to do was run out the clock. And K-State called three straight timeouts. Yeah. Uh, Sark, I will say this. Sark did surprise him. The outside pitch to Cedric Baxter. Brilliant. Great. Brilliant, brilliant. play call. Yes. Fourth and one. Brilliant. Lined up like they were going to try to do the, the push. Or the quarterback sneak. Yeah, and it ended up uh, being a TD. Hey, 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 uh, that was a like, big one. Go ahead, Jerry. You have something? Texas A&M lost. Arkansas, two and six, just beat Florida in the swamp, 39-36. So recruiting, take wow. recruiting note of those two losses. Those are big for Texas. Wow. Texas wins. A lot of kids didn't see the game. They're just like, "Wow, Texas is eight and one, baby, and ranked in the top 10. They don't, they they don't watch the game. They see the results. Damn right, Drew Kel it. Drew Kelson. I want to bring you in here a little bit, buddy. Um, Longhorns, you know, you've been in those defensive puddles just like Rod. You know that it's. Bobby lost his train of thought. No, while they're while they're while they're uh, having their issue there, um, I, you're just your major takeaways. What were your? Give me your first half takeaway, then your second half takeaway, and Kansas State's success in the second half in the past game. Man, listen, um, I took a lot of notes on this game, and this game definitely warranted it. Um, are we good now? Our, our defense here, yeah, y'all are good guys. We, we got you here. <laughs> Um, I was just proud of our defense uh, setting the tone. Regardless of anything that happened on offense, I felt very comfortable early in this game that we were going to be fine because of our defense. Ethan Burke, I wasn't sure he was going to play, and he played. And we're a different team when Ethan Burke and Baron Sorrell are anchoring those ends. We're a different team when Tavondre Sweat <laughs> – and Byron Murphy are, are manning the middle of that defense. We have a ton of depth. I think they're great for rotating through. But when we have our full set of guys to play on defense, we, we are a different team. And 
our defense, I, want, I knew going into this week, our defense needed to win this game for us. They needed to put us in position to win this game. Because all week, we said if Malik Murphy plays a terrible game, you can go through the, go through the message boards. We're going to get blown out. Yeah. We're absolutely going to lose. We're abs- And listen, were we close to it? <laughs> yes. But the way we came out and we started that game had everything to do with the defense, truly. And I think the way we won this game had everything to do with the defense. Coming down to that third and one play where we got the stop short and they missed the field goal. Even, even that part of it, giving us another chance to go down and not score and give the ball back. Like everything still came down to the defensive performance. And, you know, kudos to the defense stepping up keeping us in the game when the offense moved the ball, but also had its struggles, also had its its struggles figuring out which quarterback is going to show up, which O-line is going to show up. Are we going to have penalties? What are we going to do on offense? Defense afforded us uh, some of the, really the challenges that we had on offense today. And I'm just, I'm just happy we came up, came out of it with a win. Hey, one of the things we my, said. My wife at home there with nail, but hold on one second, Jerry. Hold on one second, Jerry. I got to ask Rod this. What I want to know from y'all they're going for it on fourth and goal from the three. Mm-hmm. What are y'all talking about in the defense huddle or on the sideline after Sark calls the timeout? Because I'm telling you what, that I was in here. My wife is on this chat. She just mm-hmm. said nail biter. I was doing that. So, <laughs> so <laughs> she's but, like, but my, my question for y'all is what are y'all talking about? Just make sure you have your assignment. Ass- All of the above. Uh, right, Drew, all of the above. That, and that's why we got to give Sark credit for growth as a as a coach. He's calling defensive timeouts now. We saw multiple defensive timeouts in this game in the first half and in the second half. We saw it in the U of H game before the uh, the, the, the the fourth down stand for to win the game. And we didn't see it in Oklahoma game. And everybody kept asking, man, why didn't he call a timeout to get his defense, you know, situated, get them comfortable to calm them? All right, so Drew, in the house, you're, you're uh, okay. No, no, no. So one thing I appreciate about about this game, just and not just not just the huddle moment towards the end and kind of preparing for that fourth and short, but the thing about close games like this, it's one thing if your offense is taken over, and there are games where Vince Young used to just take over and it never mattered. It really never mattered what the defense did, even though we played well. Um, we rarely had I mean, we had moments, but we rarely just had times where we just knew the defense has to win this or else. Uh, we always had a hero, right? This team has played complimentary football all season. You know, the defense has struggled. I mean, we're eight and one right now, guys. We're eight and one. Like that's that's that, I mean, it's pretty cool. I mean, at the end of the day, we're eight and one, and we have. We're in position now where we know, like, the offense knows the defense can pick it up. The defense can knows that the offense can pick it up. All while still having all of this coaching, all of these opportunities to get better as we as we just continue to move throughout the last few games of the season. So, um, you know, you're talking about everything, like Rod said, when these moments come up uh, in, in the defensive huddle. But I think really big picture – a win like this against a team that we knew we were going to have challenges with, with injuries, with the backup quarterback, when you really needed the offense to figure something out, you needed the defense to figure something out, we got to win. The thing I'll say, you know what I thought, to piggyback off Drew's earlier point about the defense, 
We talked all week. The bit, the most important factor outside of turnovers in this game was first down run defense for Texas. Texas dominated Kansas on first down run defense to the point where it made Kansas walk away from what they do best in their game plan. That's probably the first time all year Kansas State's had to walk away from their game plan and what they do best offensively. So kudos to the Texas D-line. They knew they could attack off the edges too, and they and they and they did until Kansas State started getting smart in the screen game. Yep, and get PK props. He run blitzed a lot on those early downs. We talked about that. Yeah, man, yeah. it's good stuff. I, the other the other adjustment that K State made, they started bracketing Xavier Worthy. Yeah, that that's why that's one of the reasons why AD Mitchell had or Adonai Mitchell, excuse me, had such a great game. Neither team was great on third down. Look at the conversion percentage on third oh. down. 13.3% versus 14.3%. <laughs> you think these two teams like to play a little defense on third down? Yeah, right. Um, look, I mean, this if, – if Texas doesn't turn the ball over, man, I think Texas may walk out of here with an, e, uh, an easy uh, win. Yep. But, but those turnovers really, really lost I thought – the momentum of the game completely shifted. Having been, I mean, it, it was just crazy. It was all Longhorns in the first half, Rod, Jerry, and Drew. And then after the first two turnovers of the second half, both by K State, one an interception, then the sack fumble by uh, uh, Ethan Burke to, to Drew's point, that's recovered by uh, Jalen Ford. Look, uh, there were a number of different areas where Texas could have uh, had issues, but did not. Uh, in the end, at the end of the or did at the end of the day though 33 to 30 you got to be kidding me this was just a heartbreak or heart heart stopper yeah. uh, so to so to speak for the Longhorns all right uh, uh, Drew got a question for you right now uh, your thoughts on Malik Murphy's performance uh, as well as the offenses as a whole first I think starting with Sark I thought Sark called the game just fine um, there were moments here or there but. This is my perspective, and I, I tuned into the live uh, stream. Um, and so, when, when you're digging into each and every play, you remember all the critical things. So, I, I appreciate now that Rod and I, when we come to this post game, our perspectives as far as granular detail of each and every play, I'm usually probably on the less critical side because I'm generally seeing everything just kind of high above, whereas Rod is like down in the, in the you know, in the uh, he's just down in the trenches. So I'll say this. I thought Sark called a great game. I thought he had a great game plan. Um, I thought everybody got thrown off when, when Malik in general just kind of couldn't figure it out at the end of the second quarter. Uh, we weren't really sure why, uh, you know, but this, this is kind of what happens when you have a guy in his second start, you get off the script in the second That's quarter and what are we doing? And so, even on his routine throws, I mean, we could have kept rolling. There was nothing that we saw early in this game that was going to stop us from rolling, running or passing. The only thing that changed really was Malik. Um, our trust as fans in Malik to not turn over the ball, but also Sark's trust in Malik. And I think in the second half, we had a bit more of a governor on the offense. And that that allowed some things to to. Not, not, I mean, that, that just allowed K-State to hang around and get back in the game because there were some there were some red flags going into halftime. Uh, so uh, I wish we would have kind of just committed to the run in certain cases a bit more than others. 
But I'll say this, you know, on that drive where we scored that last field goal before the end of the game, I mean, we threw the ball. We had some pretty easy throws, pretty standard on rhythm throws. And I think Malik is a rhythm guy. We need to keep him in rhythm, keep him where he knows what he wants to do. I thought his throw on third down to uh, JT Sanders, Best he dropped game. eight. That was one of, one of my concerns coming into this game is how is he going to respond when they drop eight? I loved it because the backs are just – they're doing their routine, five across the front, three deep. They're just sitting there. They don't realize there's a six-five guy right behind them, tucked away, and, and and Malik has an arm, speed, velocity. They can't move on it once he releases it. Those are some traits about him I love about him and gives us opportunities. There are times he looked great. If we can get rid of the turnovers, uh, help him learn how to manage pressure, I'm excited about what he can be. <laughs> but in this one, he gave us a heart attack. Yeah, I, I think yeah, I think right now, uh, once you get past the first script, uh, once you get past that script, he's really best in RPO game, right, Drew? I mean, that's th- that RPO throw, that deep slant um, to uh, AD Mitchell is kind of his wheelhouse right now. I think once he starts to feel that pressure and has to start playing quarterback for more than two Mississippi, you have a lot of issues. That's the kind of the deal right now is where he's at. If 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 team if TCU can get him on the road to have to play more than two Mississippi, then he's got issues because then you get into reading the defense and understanding where to go with the football. Don't scare me about TCU right now, Jerry. Just but that's what they're going to try to do, Drew. <laughs> you're absolutely right. No, no, I, I agree. With, I agree with you. I agree with you guys about the getting deep into the progression. The truth is, Quinn's like that too. Quinn's a one-read, kind of two-read quarterback. You don't want him going deep into the progression. I almost wanted to have Sark's quarterbacks. That's almost the guys he likes that he doesn't need. The best throw I thought for Malik was he threw it to Jay Witt. He came off the second read, and you can see him go through the progression to the second read and then come off and throw it to him. I thought that was the best one because he had to go through the progression, get deeper into it. That's what you want to see because I'm with Jerry. I just make him go into that second and take away the first read every damn time. So you can make him go to the second and third. Guys, what do y'all think we should do? Y'all, y'all want to keep talking? Y'all want to take some questions? Uh, y'all want to bring up uh, users, uh, viewers' questions? What take do y'all some think questions. Hey, by the way, let's do it. First down run defense. So for, for the fans out there wondering, case 2.6 yards on first down for K-State running the Ooh. football. That, that's a winning formula. That that. I, it's amazing. Uh, Longhorns, amazing. Uh, like I said, hard stopper. Uh, thanks to the folks at Yingling, uh, the, at Light. It's the next generation of light beer. Rod B's having some right now, I think. <laughs> he, he won't say it, but he, he may be having it. Uh, Drew's, probably, it. <laughs> Drew's probably taking care of that somewhere else. <laughs> uh, but anyways, no, and also thanks to Schultz for hosting us no uh, and allowing us to come in here. Uh, believe it or not, Jerry and, and Drew, uh, my football hero growing up right literally there. is 20 yards away from me. Uh, Earl right Campbell yeah. is literally sitting across yeah. the hall from like us. A stone here. throw, man. Uh, not, no doubt. I, yeah. And I will say this. There are so many kids right now that I saw at the game today like that have the miniature Earl Campbell Houston Oilers jersey oh, with 31. That's well like their, their their dads have got them. They know it. They, our dads or granddads got, them, got them, them doing that. Yeah. God bless a- them. Absolutely. Uh, let, I tell you what, let's take some uh, – uh, questions, uh, talk about whatever you guys want to talk about. Somebody, I want to start with, with this one first. Chin-ups, 
Burt Auburn nails. Yes, he was. Since yes. Oklahoma, yes. he's been pretty good. Yes, he was. Somebody right. talked about that in the pre, during the pregame talk about whether or not that would what he what mm-hmm. impact he might have in it. The forty-nine yard kick uh, to go ahead give Texas another score, and then also what what he did uh, in overtime where Texas got no extra yards, yep. but still put the points on the board. That's what forced K State into that situation in the first place. Agreed. I mean, I, I think that uh, you guys. Uh, I think that's a big one uh, for the Longhorns as well. All right, Matt, I'm going to ask you to help me a little bit, Matt, our producer, uh, pull up some questions if you don't mind, and we'll get going here. All right, Mason Young asks, will you have Joe Cook ask Sark to maybe just take the three one time for me because the points uh, can prove to be huge. Uh, Savion Red. Yeah. Yeah, Listen, like I said, it's hard to change Sark's nature. He believes that three points in the red zone is a failure. He just you, you can tell by the way he calls plays. He deems that as a failure. It, I think it just takes him, at least based on the matchup, he's going to need to be a little bit more know, humble, all right, and I think understand that it's not always a fail to take those three points, especially against a team like K-State, who's elite in red zone defense, like one of the top five best red zone defenses in the country. But once again, listen, it, it is what it is, guys. Texas is a bad red zone offense. It ain't going to change the second half of the season. They got to win games in spite of that. Every team is flawed. Turns out Texas' flaw is just their red zone offense. I get it. I yeah. agree. I, I, I'd appreciate if we just ran Jay Brooks and just ran zones and RPOs down there as opposed to doing all this other stuff because at least we know that works. <laughs> if it works in the middle of the field – I mean, teams come out in the goal line stance and do other things that just throw us off. But I'll say this, kind of going back to the question, uh, thanks, Mason Young. Um, (laughs) Sark believes they're going to get a lot of opportunities to get in the red zone, which is why he's comfortable kicking, I mean, going for it. The other thing, too, if you're going to be a kicker for Texas, if you're being recruited by Texas to be a kicker, don't anticipate getting a field goal anything shorter than (laughs) They've been 49 yards because if you're if it's fourth and short inside the 30, Sark, Sark wants to go for it. So, I mean, thank you, Bert Auburn, Auburn, for being prepared for the longer field goal today because Sark obviously he's shown us who he is. We got to stop getting pissed off about it at this point. He, he wants to he wants to go. He, he that's that's but that's also about what it looks like to put some like to, to put people to sleep, to put teams to sleep. You got to score touchdowns. Field goals do not put opponents away. Touchdowns put opponents away. Hopefully, we actually get good enough at this to where we'll see us put opponents away because we're scoring touchdowns in the red zone. But if we want to put opponents away, we want to blow people out. It does take touchdowns to do that. Sark is committed to that. We just haven't been really good at it right now um, in in that red area. Hey, this is a great question from Aaron Briggs. If you showed me Malik Murphy's stat line prior to this game, you think uh, KSU wins by 10? In November, don't care how we win, just that we do. The Longhorns, 8-1, and one, guys. Yeah. 8-1. and one. Uh, And what, what uh, Jerry, you know, we talked about it on Friday. Malik Murphy, 37 pass attempts, I believe. I mean, that's just – that's crazy. That's a crazy stat to me going into this. If Texas is going to win and score 33 points, yeah, you don't think he's going to have 33 passes, do you? No, I, I no. And 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 at the end of the first half, um, 
I, when he had thrown 21 passes and Texas had 16 runs, I was losing my mind uh, because the Texas running backs had 15 carry or anytime they handed it off counting Worthy's reverse they had 15 carries for 139 yards. Kansas State, after Sark had a really good game plan, a really good script, if they're playing man, we're beating them deep. They can't cover us deep. They can't run with us. Boom, boom, boom. After that, man, Kansas State was stumped. They 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 didn't have answers for a while. Um, the fact that Texas had more runs than uh, passes than runs in the first half got kind of got under my crawl a little bit. I'm not gonna lie. But here's the thing. Um with, with, with Murphy, he just was really off after the first three series of the game. I mean, after the script was over. Before that last drive of regulation, it was six of fifteen for thirty-one yards with two interceptions. So he was just really off, and, he, and he, I think somebody just texted him missed seven wide open, seven throws that should have been completions. Could have had four interceptions, and turns out the number was two. Um, so Sark is Sark putting a little bit too much trust in a guy in a second start? I think it's just Sark's DNA, like Rod says. I mean. Sark is uh, Sark's not a guy that really wants to run it 50 times and throw it 15 unless he absolutely has to. It's just not what he wants to do. It's not I, really in his DNA. I, I, I'll say this. Regardless of if we're making better decisions with the football, right. we're not questioning Sark right now. Right. If our quarterback is making better decisions with the football, not turning it over, uh, making the throws where he needs to make them, we're not talking about – that disparity because the thing, the thing that starting the way we started when we were able to beat them deep, it felt like we could do whatever we wanted to do. It really felt like we can do whatever we wanted to do. They actually feared Malik throwing the ball and we could run it. We can throw it. We can do whatever we want to do. I think once Malik starts showing he was shaky, they start leaning in on the run a bit more. And Sark is a numbers guy. It's like, they're going to load the box. We got to throw it. <laughs> I mean, why would I run it into a wall? And so it's always going to be numbers for him. It, it just, he is who he is, but that's because he's a numbers guy. It comes down to the numbers for him. If they load the box, I got to throw. If they're going to protect the, the deep ball or the throwing, I'm going to run it. So, I mean, I, I do think we need to clean up the turnovers because that's a completely different game than the turnover that, I mean, th- than anything else. I mean, that literally makes the difference in this game. We were playing a really good game guys. This guy, this team played, came in prepared to win defensively. Yes. Had an off, awesome offensive game plan, but second start uh, for a new quarterback, you can't figure out why on routine throws throwing behind just off target, get panicking for no reason in some cases. Uh, we we got to sort that out uh, here this week because we don't know when Quinn's coming back, but um, we got to sort that out. I, I want to say this. It's another week that Quinn Ewers gets to be a little healthier too. Yeah. Survive in advance. That that point that Aaron Briggs made uh, was, uh, yes, I'm alive. I'm alive. Very <laughs> true. Uh, very excited about this. Uh, the Longhorns beat yeah. uh, Kansas State 33-30 to 30 in overtime with a goal line stand that we did not see coming. We thought K State was just going to kick and, and kick and go play another quarter. Uh, oh wow, game ball! Let's talk about that. That's a good topic for us. Tozucker said, uh, "I'm giving Tavondre Sweat the game ball." Y'all's thoughts? Y'all agree with that? I mean, you could. It's oh, hard yeah. not to give it to the defensive front. Period. Right? I'm going back to Jerry's stat about 
uh, rush defense on first down. And they, they just had no they had no answer for how to get effective yardage on first down, which led them to third and long, all right, continuously. They were always consistently in third and long. That's a win for Texas. So, yeah, you give it to Devontae Sweat, but honestly, it was that defensive front. Jalen Ford had a hell of a game. Maybe the defensive front, period. Ethan Burke had a hell Ethan of a game. Barry Sorrell was showing up in that defensive front. That defensive front played their butt off and turned – K-State, one of the top five best rushing teams in the country, into a team that had to throw the football to have a chance to win. <laughs> so, hey, hey, look, hey guys, on Ethan Burke. That, that Ethan Burke has actually come back, Jerry. We were not going to say this, and we knew this last week. Ethan Burke had meniscus surgery a week yes. and a half ago. Wow. Yes. Yeah. Three tackles. We knew he was out. We did out. not know he could come back. It was just a partial tear. And they clipped it, and he came back. But goodness gracious. Wow. What a great game. But look at Tavondre Sweat's numbers. Two pass breakups, two quarterback hurries, four tackles. I mean, a tackle for loss. That's a busy dude. Yeah. That's mm. a busy, busy dude. Mo Blackwell had some nice plays. Yeah, some and, great and, plays. Uh, look, Jet Bush played well. Yeah. Uh, I, there were a couple of plays you probably wish you had back on defense, but I have no problem giving Tavondre Sweat the game ball. I thought Jalen Ford played well. Jalen Ford played really well. Uh, as well. But I, I think we all agree it has to be someone on defense, right? If it's not Adonai Mitchell, I mean, he had a – I mean, he had a tremendous game, too. <laughs> I mean, he really did. I mean, yeah. I don't know. Big time. Right, by, big by, time. by the way, Very by the way, Cam Williams outside of the – we have some questions about Cam Williams. Outside of the false starts, what, what did y'all see from Cam? I thought he played pretty well. I mean, anytime I the false starts is one thing, but if I if an, if an offensive lineman is not getting holding calls, yes, if you don't notice him, I didn't notice him until the false starts. That's a win for me for a first time starter at right tackle. Uh, but it, that's also consistent with Christian Jones. You really don't hear from Christian Jones unless um, it's it's a it's a false start or or a hold or something. So if if a starting tackle starting lineman can play four quarters of football be in shape to do so without holding because holding are usually effort and, and conditioning plays with 75 um, offensive snaps to your point Drew. I'm, I'm very happy by the way he, he showed up we can clean up the false starts but he's conditioned and ready to to play this game so to finish all those snaps without any holding calls especially with the amount of passing plays we had today yeah. um yeah i'm proud of the way he showed up yeah, totally agree. I thought that was a great, great first uh, uh, start for Cam Williams, uh, considering, uh, look, that's his first real game action of his career, and it comes in a ranked game. Uh, and when you're ranked seven and K-State's ranked 23rd, can you guys uh, ship a case of flight up here? Need it after that game. A W is a W. A W is a W. Somebody's saying hi. Hello. That's coming from one of our, our people. We have a – all right, so this is Look at the, the logo. Yes, this is the this is Abby, and she's from Flight, and she's out here checking it out. She's here after the game. She's excited, guys. Hey, Abby. Uh, big game. This is Abby. Uh, Flight, the next generation of Flight beer. Of Light beer, beer. yeah. <laughs> there we go. Hey, don't you worry. I'm gonna go get y'all some Flight. I'll be right back. <laughs> okay. I'll be right back. <laughs> this is a great time. It's a great time here at Schultz's. Thank you to uh, those guys uh, for letting us come out and hang That's out a little fantastic. bit. Uh, Drew and Jerry, uh, you know, unbelievable win from William Nish right now. I'm so happy. Sweat is my MVP. At the end Hit of the day, you got to give it to him. 
Him or Auburn. He's been the best player all year long on the Texas defense, guys. Pro Football Focus has him rated as the highest, highest rated D tackle in the country. Number, a top five overall defensive player in the country. Bobby, you were reading articles that had mocks drafting them now yep. in the top in you know in the top 32 best defensive players overall, top players overall. I mean, he's made himself a lot of money this year. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, he really has. He he needed to come back, yep. Drew and Jerry, and he did. Yep. And there are going to be guys that have those same kind of questions in about three weeks, four mm-hmm. weeks. Yep. yep. And I tell you what, if Steve Sarkeesian can point to one of them and tell them, hey. That guy. Byron Murphy might be one of them that he wants to point to, by the way. Yeah. Hey, Byron, you're not playing over the ball next year. We have Big Sadir and Trill. We're going to move you right over yeah. where Sweat is so you can eat next year. Who knows? I, I do hey, think what, when, what you can, when you can play that many snaps at his size, that many quality snaps at his size – that's just valuable. 360, right? I mean, yes. 360, as big as he is, the number of quality snaps. He, usually when you see guys that big, and maybe since we saw Big Sean and, uh, and Casey, uh, Rod, um, usually those guys you rotate out on passing downs. Big Sweat, he, he's right in the middle of that. When you, just, when, you, when you see a guy that big that can play that many quality snaps and be effective in both the passing game and the run game, as a nose tackle, yeah, in the NFL – that's just a rare breed. So kudos to him for coming back and making the most out of this year because he showed up today on a big stage. Hey, before we go to the next question, I want to – oh, yeah, A&M lost to Florida. Uh, we want to go over some of, some of those in just a second. I'll read off some of the scores uh, so people have it. One of the things that, that Rod and I talked about was uh, the number – I mean, the K-State run game, the QB run game – no chance all no day, chance. right? Avery Johnson, so a non-factor. Yeah, non-factor. We were worried about the option game there. Hep, I mean, look, they they swallowed that stuff up. Yeah. I mean, absolutely swallowed it up. Uh, Rod, I'm going to read some scores off uh, for folks uh, from other games right now. A&M goes down. Uh, Ar- I'll, I'll, uh, i got to refresh the page here. Uh, but it's yeah. pretty uh, – And I'm going down. Up. It's all long and fast care about yeah, that, That's a big <laughs> one. Until the Bedlam game. Until the Bedlam. Yeah, Bedlam. Bedlam game. Uh-oh, where are we at? Oklahoma State is up 14-7 to 7 currently on Oklahoma, on OU. Okay. Uh, OU does have the ball. Uh, Utah beating the tar out of uh, Arizona State. Not surprising. Georgia only up 10-7 to 7 on Mizzou right hey. now. Uh what are some other scores? Uh, Ole Miss, 38 to 35. It was a barn burner in Oxford, it looks like. Arkansas beat Florida in overtime, 39 to 36. That's a week after, by the way, Arkansas only scored three points. Yeah. Man. I mean, mm. Florida defense has got some – they got some issues. If that Either that or they – I mean, I guess Sam Pittman had an offensive coordinator up his sleeve. Jimbo's got issues, man. Yeah. What – what, uh, Jerry – you talked about this, uh, and I'll, I'll go to that question uh, right now, but I wanted to ask Jerry at some point, you took in recruiting and how this matters. That That's that's got A&M now with four losses. Yeah. Right? And they still got LSU coming to town. Yes. That, I mean, other than Mississippi State, is there in the Abilene Christian, they're going to be 
if, if they lose to Mississippi State somehow, they may not be bowl eligible. Well, if they lose to State, Jimbo's fired coming off the field. That won't happen. Mississippi State can't score on the four of us. But – and that's saying something because Rod and Drew are pretty good. We suck, Bobby. But um, here's the thing. A&M a- – A&M, they'll be seven and five. They'll lose at LSU. And that puts the A&M – brass in a really tough position because they owe a lot of money to Jimbo, right? They owe a lot of money to Jimbo. Um, so that puts them in a really tough position. But the thing about this loss for AM, there's just going to be nothing positive around the program, whether it's message boards, whether it's just from, you know, kids are going to start asking the coaching staff questions. They don't want to have to answer. That's what happens when these this thing gets rolling downhill. And for Florida, I would say this. Bobby's, Florida, a, Bobby's a legend over here. He's, he's signed his autograph. I would say That's this all. for Florida. Bobby's big time. We're big time around here. I would say this for Florida. I'd say this for Florida. They were 6-6 six and six last year. With this loss today, they are at LSU, at Missouri, and have FSU at home. So if they don't win another game and they're 6-6 six and six in year one and 5-7 and seven in year two, Xavier feels same, Wardell Mack, man, that it's going to be tough for Florida to keep some of those guys. It's going to be tough because they're, they, it's the whole direction of the program question start in recruiting. When that starts, it's, it's tough. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. All right, uh, Matt, you ready? You ready for some uh, uh, super chat here, Rod B? When they went to pass first, I feel like we went soft. I agree with Jason. What did you see on your first watch? They look pretty comfortable in man, and it gives your mind time to get home. Yeah, you agree with that? Yeah, I gotta go back and see how often, but I even saw at times both corners, field and boundary, playing some press early on in the game. We talked about this, Jerry. I think the reason PK was so comfortable playing press early on, he didn't trust the D-line to get home. Today, we saw the D-line get home. The edges actually get home. Ethan Burke, Baron Sorrell. Taking away the early, he's taking away the first read, taking away the quick game, forcing him to go to the progression. Then you have time for your pass rush to get home. I don't know why they went soft. I got to go back and rewatch it. I don't want to just throw something out there, but I think Texas is at their best when they're being aggressive. And this was PK blitzing on early downs. I'm going to go back and clock it. I bet he blitzed on rundowns or early downs, probably as much as we've ever seen PK blitz on early downs. I yeah. It, look, I agree with the. I agree with Jason. It felt like they went a little soft yeah. in that 
look, they did not have a good two-minute defense. They never do. I, I they never do, Bob. They and so do. that's that's one of Rod's little uh, things do. I've learned yeah. this year. Uh, that that was certainly possible, part of it. Um, I was concerned they were going to give up ten uh, right before another three before the half. Yeah. That would have given them all the momentum in the world, right? Uh, had they given up that three at, at halftime, uh, right before half. But I tell you what, it, that was a harbinger maybe of things to come. Mm-hmm. Because the Texas defense twice in the red zone in the final seven minutes of this game or six minutes of this game, K-State scored zero points. If you think about it, they scored zero points because they missed a field goal, and then they stopped them in overtime. Oh, yeah. Hey, so, hey, I mean, hey, Drew. What? Hey, Drew, Drew, what I think happened is when Kansas State realized, the staff realized their tackles can't handle the Texas edges, they started going to the screen game. And it was running back screen game. It was Sanat screen game, wide receiver screen game. I think that was the only thing they had to go to to try to slow down the pass rush in this game. What were your thoughts, Drew? No, no, I, 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 that's, I actually appreciate the way the goal in this game was to make them one-dimensional. That's right. Um, so we found a way to do that. Now, the screen game is going to be challenging no matter what. I mean, screen game usually comes down to either they have to bust it on their side or we have to have enough effort or recognition to get off blocks and get there soon. But the thing about the screen game, they can't run in every play. Right. And so as long as we're stopping the run, and as long as, especially playing press, when we started pressing a bit more, um, I felt really good about us controlling the game because there was a there was a down early, early, early in the game where they ran. I guess you can call it a bunch, but uh, Sinat was at the was at the point of, of that bunch. Michael Taft got right up in his face, got right up on him, delayed him off the off the line. He disrupted his his break. That's where they wanted to go the entire time. Yeah. So the combination of the press. Uh, press coverage, uh, stopping the run, it really made them one-dimensional. And while they – I mean, they start going past first, they really didn't have much of a deep – they didn't have a deep enough playbook to take advantage of it. Um, and, and, I mean, that that's actually what we wanted them to do. They did exactly what we wanted them to do. Hopefully, I'm just happy yes. we were able to get out of there with, with it. Yes. Good stuff, Drew. Um, hey, Rod. Uh, we're here at Schultz Garden, uh, Beer Garden in Austin, Texas. Longhorns win 33 to nothing. I'm Bobby Burton alongside Rod Babers here to my right. Uh, Jerry Hamilton, Drew Kelson as well uh, alongside. Uh, big Longhorn wins. Longhorns now go 8-1. and one. Yes, baby. They yeah. are absolutely in, cro- in control of their own destiny mm-hmm. right now. When you are hopefully on the men, okay, uh, we've got we've got some beer here. Uh-oh. Hey, we got some beer here. <laughs> Yeah, there we go. Now that's service, guys. That's uh, that's that's the service with a smile. Cheers, uh, flight. To the win. Cheers, Cheers to the win. Oh, beautiful day. <laughs> this is a uh, this is the post game show. I'm Bobby, Rod, Drew, and Jerry. This is flight uh, sponsored by Flight, the next generation of light beer uh, by Yingling. Uh, we enjoy it here, uh, and we're excited. Big time game for the Longhorns today. Rod, let's get back to some questions. Uh, really get it going, and I uh, have some. Dark is good pregame. In-game management, or Sark, I'm, I'm assuming Rich means here. <laughs> Dark, uh, Sark is good pregame. In-game management is not good at all. I don't know. I mean, um, he I, I, he's had his problems yes, at times. Struck. Yes, I don't know if it's not good but at I all. But I don't know if today 
is the day that he had problems. Well, I to Jerry's point, there's times we could have ran the ball more in that first half, especially toward the end of the first half when he knows his defense is bad in two-minute defense, and yet he still you know, threw the ball, put his young quarterback in a compromising position, gave them momentum. It was almost him recreating, in a sense, kind of what happened in the U of H game and at the first half, in the first half of the Oklahoma game. So I see what Rick is saying. He's probably talking about that management or lack thereof of the game. You gave them life. They were dead. We talked about Pet Cemetery. They were dead. They were down 17-0, and they were, they were, they were, trust me, God, they were gasping for air. And then Sark pretty much with that game plan late in the first half, he called too many passes, and they ended up getting some life with the blunt block, and then from then on, it became a game. I want to ask you all this, though. Who won the headsets today? If you Sark say won the headsets. It was looking bleak for Sark. It was looking bleak for Sark until uh, overtime. Three times in a row. Third time he's out coached by Did Drew's disagree? Hands down. I'm sorry, and maybe this is me. You can't. This game was in hand. They came into the game with a game plan to win this and win it well. The defense played well. If it was not for turnovers, yeah. player generated turnovers. I just think this is a different game. I just think I, I, all their their upper. I mean, they had a couple drives where they actually drove the ball down the field. But when we give them short yardage opportunities, it, it's crazy. And I mean, whether it was Xavier Worthy returning punts. I mean, the, our field position, our game plan was was tight from start. I really felt strong about it. Yes, would we have liked to see them run the ball more in the second quarter? Absolutely. Absolutely. But the mistakes, like, I, I think I've said this before. I never want to see a coach start having to put breaks or a governor on his offense because a player in game – starts kind of switching up or is not prepared to accept the challenge of performing well within that scheme. Sark sticks with his guns. He sticks with his game plans usually because he's like, no, dude, we have a game plan to win. So I'm not going to switch this game plan up because you're off target. I need you to loop back in. I need you to lock back in so we can continue to execute this game plan. And I, I just, I feel like they have the game plan in place. They really did. Um, there's some things I definitely wish we could have done different, but uh, I, I thought Sark, PK, the, the, the defense played well. They were prepared for this. Everything that scared us about this game did not come to fruition. It did not. Let's talk about this one. Juan, look, Jonathan Brooks reaches 1,000 yards. Sark, again, has the 1,000-yard rush. A rusher, I will say this, that was an uncharacteristic fumble from him. Yeah. Um, and yet he still came back, gave it everything he had. Uh, it was a, it was a team win today. I talked about, we talked about Tavondre Sweat and all these other guys that played well. But they overcame three turnovers on offense. Um, they had their backs against the wall on defense. The end of the day, yeah, we've got a thousand yards rusher and Jonathan Brooks, but man, I thought I said your Baxter had a big run. They did. He was it run. was a consummate team win. Yes, they had issues going. They also had a punt block as part of that. Yeah. It took a punt block and two turnovers. If you would have told me that pregame, Texas may lose this by fourteen. 
Texas is a flawed team, but they have good football character, which means they respond well to adversity. Listen, we would love to have 05 Texas out there, all right, or 08 Texas out there just beating the hell out of teams and, and, and bludgeoning teams, but that's not who they are right now. They're a flawed team, which is fine. I don't think I, I never played on a perfect team. We were all flawed, but none of those flaws are tragic. Well, maybe red zone offense, but it, they've, only, they've only lost they only lost one game, right? And it was because of red zone offense. But they have great football characters, means when they are down and out, when the fit hits the shan and they are having a battle adversity, they actually respond really well. We see the best of this team, right? We saw the best of Malik when it when the fit was hit the shan and right when the game was on the line. That's kind of what I like about this team. It ain't pretty. And there's a lot that we could criticize and critique about the team. But, guys, over the past 12 years, <laughs> man, Rod, I was waiting on that one. I know. I know. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I think, I think, do we come back in now? Or are we available? I think there's so many people here using the Wi Fi that we're having problems. Uh, with the Wi-Fi, uh, but I want to keep going here a little bit. Uh, a couple of great congratulations to Jonathan Brooks, by the way. Bert Auburn and the K-State kicker get game balls. I think that's fair. Yeah. Instead of uh, instead of Devondre Sweat, let's give it to the K-State long kicker. State, long snapper. Although, hold it to. I will say this, that the first, the extra point was not on the K-State kicker. I mean, the ball hit the guy in the head, the holder in the head. Yeah. yeah. So he wasn't ready right to shoulder pad. Yeah. yeah. Uh, absolutely. Uh, it's it's an interesting game. Uh, Longhorns eight and one. They go to TCU, guys. TCU is a totally different team. Now PK shut down TCU last week or last year. Yes, for the most part. They've got a new quarterback, a new offense, all sorts of new new things. I just wanted to look forward and hear what you think, Rod, as we start to look forward to TCU. Uh, well. TCU is a pass-first team, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and that's been an issue for Texas, right? Anytime a Texas plays a pass-first team, we're talking about Oklahoma, or you're talking about U of H, or even when we just saw BYU become more pass-happy, it seems to be a matchup issue for Texas. Uh, so I think for Texas, being prepared for all the issues that a pass-first team presents. The drag, the drag routes came up again, guys. They scored on a drag route against Texas because there was a miscommunication in the secondary. The miscommunication between Benda and Malik Muhammad about passing off uh, receivers in coverage, so they scored on a touchdown. And by the way, this is not related to Colorado Bears uh, comments, but I don't know why they keep taking Jadae Barron off the field situationally when they face heavy personnel packages. I don't get it. I don't like it. I don't know what the hell is going on. On that touchdown, that drag route scores, Jadae Barron was off the field. So I don't get it. If I was K-State, I would just land whatever package they had Jaday Barron off the field on and just kept running that package because that helps you a ton. And I don't know why PK keeps taking him off the field. But PK, don't do it. Move him to corner or safety. What are you doing? You're taking your second best defensive player off the field. It makes no sense, man. Don't do it. Stop it. Stop this nonsense. Right. Hey, the one thing, the one thing I'll say about TCU is they have been a horrific tackling team this year. Horrible tackling team. If they don't tackle well against Texas, Texas will score a lot of points on them, period. 
Texas has yeah. too many playmakers. Yeah, I, I don't I don't recognize this TCU team. All right, uh, this one from Kabir Hussein, guys. Uh, does a game like this affect our players' confidence, either positively or negatively? Is this where the 24-hour rule comes in that people talk about win the game, then go to over it, have a good time for 24 hours, and come back? This has got to be positive, right? They're going to yeah. see the tower orange tonight. No, these are We're going to see the tower orange tonight. These are the That's best the wins. Line. Best wins because you knew you played a – this is a, a, a good team, right? It's a team that actually could have pushed you. They got – they got good players on their side, on every side of the ball. But you won, but the coaches got stuff they can coach you on. So you know you're going to have a hard week of practice because it was one of those games where there's a lot to be coached on, a lot of mistakes made. But also, you, man, you you should have won this game. When you watch the film, you're going to go back and watch it. And you, Drew, you remember these games. When you go back and watch them, you go, damn, man, we should have beat this team by 21 points. Should have been a three-touchdown lead. That's what they're going to see, Jared, when they watch the film. They're going to see – Man, we actually are a lot better if we just execute in critical moments. Red zone, third downs. So I think, honestly, this is a really good game for Texas to gain confidence, but also hard-ass week of practice. I love it. I love it. Drew, what do you think, man? Oh, yeah, yeah. Confidence, no, this is anytime you win. It's. I think fans are the only ones who, when we win games, walk away still not being happy. Because as a player, it doesn't matter if you beat – it doesn't matter who you win, who you beat. You celebrate, man. Like, it's – they're so. I said this last week, but I'm not going to say it in rant font this time. When you win a game, it doesn't matter. You prepare. You put in all this work. Like, you win. The process does not change. It doesn't change when it lose. But when you win, you don't lose confidence. You don't lose confidence when you lose. You prepare. You turn up. You do more. You add more. So that's why I get excited about having close, coachable games because everybody comes back to the table hungry the next week, hungry to prepare, hungry to practice. They're not complacent. If we would have beat K-State, a team that everybody said was supposed to be a huge battle in the trenches, really tough game, we could possibly lose this one, we have a backup quarterback, all these different things. If we would have blown them out, in spite of all the odds or certain things that are going against us, maybe we can get a little bit complacent walking out of this game. And I'm not saying I wanted the heart attack to finish this one, but the heart attacks are the ones that are the best coaching weeks, the best opportunities. You're going on the road. You're playing against a team that's had your number. Um, yes, you're confident. Yes, you're positive. Yes, you're ready. Hey, look, uh, OU just went in for a touchdown. It's now going to be 14 to 17, it looks like, if they can make the extra point. Is that right? Uh, Hey, Nathan McNamee from Canada. I did my part by turning the TV off at 27-27. Boom! Hey. Hey, whatever you got to do. Every single one of us are superstitious at some level. Look at Drew. God bless you. Do your part, baby. God bless you, brother. You're damn right. And keep on doing it. We don't don't know what the reason is for all this. Keep doing what you're doing. Hey, JPD is not really excited about something Sark did. Uh, Throwing the ball that much was beyond unacceptable. Oh, that's Jerry. That's Jerry. Sark needs to do better play calling and managing the game. Jerry, I'll let you uh, manage this one, my man. 
Look, I, I thought script was great. If they're going to play man, you attack them deep. You knew you had advantages. You knew your speed was going to beat them deep. And A.D. Mitchell's a good second move wide out, by the way. Um, but my only issue there, my only issue was late in the first half. I mean, at the four-minute mark. I mean, uh, Kansas State couldn't stop Texas, period. And at that point in time, uh, young quarterback, ball, 50-yard uh, line, four minutes to go. Texas running backs at that point, I think, had 15 carries, or anytime they handed it off, 15 carries for 139. Um, it's up 17-0. You have a, you had a chance to hammer that game, run that clock out, and not do the same thing you did at the University of Houston. I mean, and that was my issue: is it's you can't cho- change the DNA of somebody, but I think in there's certain situations where you have to. say, Okay, I got a second time starting quarterback. We're dominating these guys on defense. They have 20-something yards at this point in the game. They have no confidence. They have no belief they're going to win the game. And sometimes you can make decisions that end up giving a team belief. And you could have run the clock out. You could have probably run it down, got a field goal at worst in that situation. Because Kansas State wasn't stopping you and running the football. And they had no confidence at that time. So I had an issue. I had a real issue at that four-minute mark in the first half because that's I've seen it. We've seen it too many times is the issue. And if you keep seeing things, how many times do you get lucky? Does it come up and bite you at the worst possible time? We'll find out. But eight and one's eight and one. Sark is um, – oh, hold on. Sark, Sark's decision-making builds character in his team, Jerry. He's doing it intentionally. <laughs> so, so they can go through the turmoil and the stress of what it's like because uh, it, it was getting too easy for him. I'm just going to hope that's the reason why, but I'm with you. It, at the end of the day, we knew we had, to, we had to run this ball. We had to run the ball. And the more we leaned on the passing game, the more K-State was going to figure out, okay, what is Malik comfortable with? What is he uncomfortable with? What can we do to disrupt him? What, we can, what can we do to make him uncomfortable? And I do think as the game went on, the more passes you throw, the more likely those things happen. And when we had control of the game, I'm with you, Jerry. We, we should have run the ball. And I'm, I'm the biggest advocate for Sark being Sark and not veering away from that. But today was a different day. I'm back. Going back here. I had this one from uh, – we, we talked a little bit earlier about the – what I would call – I didn't think the – the penalties really decided the game of officiating. There were a couple of missed calls. Jerry mentioned the one that I thought was particularly impactful yeah. uh, with the hold on Xavier Worthy that went uncalled. There was a pass interference against that should have been called against Xavier Worthy yeah, that was as well. I mean, they arrived way too early. Uh, but Silverback has a good one. Uh, countless O-line holding penalties not called. They will hold, tackle, maul every play if they know they can get away with it. Just a couple of penalty calls allows the defensive line to be exponentially more effective. They actually got a holding call yeah, on that did. final drive yeah, that Texas needed, but then the refs offset, offsetting, offsetting. <laughs> and actually not just offsetting because it was a post, oh, you're right. post game. They got, they got the better. It made the third down. down. Good point. I'll say this. I, last year, I went back and tracked it, and I believe I counted five total holding calls against Texas and Oklahoma opponents combined. So – yeah, it, 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 it's bad, but I'm not on the grassy knoll just yet. 
But I'm not saying I'm not judging you if you're on the grassy knoll. Because trust me, I'm, I'm out there. there. You're on the grassy knoll. I've been there for a while. Let's go on the grassy knoll for a second and say this. Maybe this is why pass first offenses work really well. Because holding, in my opinion, I think it dramatically helps the passing game and de- it neutralizes pass rush more so than run defense. Yeah. Run defense, yeah, I many helps a little bit, but man, you can hold a guy, a pass rusher, at, and give your your quarterback extra time in the passing game. Oh, as a DB, I can tell you too. You probably know too. That's brutal. An extra second, a second and a half in the passing game is worth more, way more than holding a defender in the running game, in my opinion. Hey, a couple questions for you guys here. Jay, the activist, was Murphy, Malik Murphy sacked it all. He got rid of the ball. Yeah. I wish. was ill-advised, by the way. <laughs> uh, and then also, y'all think Sark goes with Murphy or Arch next week Ooh. if Quinn Ewers cannot play? I wasn't sure think? if you were talking about Byron Murphy getting sacked or Malik Murphy getting sacked because Byron Murphy got sacked in that game. Uh, no, obviously, uh, Sark's going to go with uh, Malik Murphy. I mean, he's you know, they're 2-0. and he has two starts under his belt, and now you're playing a road game. Uh, that's not that's not the ideal situation to uh, make a change, guys. Get, somebody's got two starts under their belt. Malik's got to get a lot better now. Uh, there's no doubt about that. He's got to make better decisions with the football. The unforced turnovers, you know, you, you're lucky you haven't had a couple of pick sixes that are totally game-changing plays with the unforced. But, no, uh, Malik Murphy will start next week if Quinn can't go. Who do you roll with, Arch or Malik? I roll with Malik, but I understand he's got, what, five turnovers in his first two starts. I get it. The hope is that he'll develop a consistent baseline of performance uh, over the next start. Uh, But, yeah, man, it is a concern. He's careless with the football, period. He is. All right. Hey, this one's for you, Drew and uh, Jerry. Uh, Would you attribute this from David Bayer? Thanks for the super chat, everybody that's doing that. We appreciate it. Would you attribute Texas allowing K-State back into the game on turnovers and secondary, that's how I saw it. I think definitely turnovers played turnovers. a major, major role. Not just Malik's interception in, in the red area or, or wherever it was they, they, they returned it to. And then the Jonathan Brooks fumble right back. I mean, that's in the punt block. I can say the punt block and turnover down soon. Yeah, I can say all that turnovers in my opinion. What do you think, guys? Is that what y'all attribute it to or something else? Hands down. I mean, hands down. Uh, it was definitely turnovers. I'd say turnovers more so than secondary. Uh, the turnovers are the ones that give up, give up the short field and that build confidence in the offense. It's the adrenaline that comes with that. Um, but the secondary's plays or giving up plays came off of turnovers, uh, came off of a pump block. And so at the end of the day, that's why you, though, that, that's also why you have confidence. That's also why you have positive excitement going into the next week is because if you clean up turnovers, what do the games look like? Uh, it's just too and often. They, we, they, cha- they did change the coverage a little bit. And they, they did. They stopped. But at, at the end of the day, yes, that that's why, that's why they got back into the game. That's something I feel we should be able to, to, to clean up uh, that question earlier of did Murphy have any sacks? There's times I wish he did have sacks. Yeah, you should take some sacks next week. I'd like to see him hit the dirt on on the screen throw. Yes, (laughs) if you can't throw it into the dirt, then you go into the dirt. I mean, we got to we got to figure that out in the next week. Great point. 
Hey, I want to go to this one. Uh, Jerry, just so you know, my Willis Wildcats from Warden won last night. You go undefeated. <laughs> Longhorns win today. Oh, you sucks. Feeling good, sirs. <laughs> you could have Aggies lose, too. Ain't no doubt. And hey, I think as of right now, OU's oh, still down by. Down by. Uh, Rod, you pointed out this question and said you wanted to ask this one real quick. Lane C. Wright, uh, yeah. what changed after the first quarter for Malik? Was it a different defense, or does this just happen to new QBs? Last year's, last year, yours looked elite first half, too. Yep. I think then it's the, a, the thing. combination. Uh, don't, the script, right? Sark scripts his first 20 plays. So those quarterbacks practice those first 20 plays all week long, as Drew knows. So they're really comfortable running those plays, a lot of predetermined throws. And uh, also, they were playing, and I don't, I don't know why, they were playing man coverage, press man early on, making quick, making uh, Malik's job a whole lot easier. Remember, remember that Bama game last year when Quinn showed out in the first quarter. Everybody thought this guy might be the number one overall pick. Bama was playing man to man coverage a lot. Because Nick Saban was saying to himself, if this kid's the real deal, he better prove it to me. I'm going to play man-to-man. And Quinn was like, okay, I can make all the throws. And he did. Same thing this week with K-State. They played man-to-man for Malik, a guy with his type of skill set. That's an easy read. There's no pre-snap cognition necessary or post-snap di- you know I mean? diagnosis necessary. You just see man, you throw to the open man, to the open area. You, ball placement is what it's all about. But when you make it have to decipher a defense post-snap, it's a different situation altogether. I think that's why Malik struggled later. They changed the defense, started playing some zone, making him digest and process the defense rather than see man throw two man. I, I tell you what, I think that my question is: it relates to all this. Is how do you get him ready for next week if he has to be the guy? Hey, thanks, I appreciate it. How do you how do you get him ready? How do you get him ready for next week, guys? Like, because TCU's he's got two weeks of film on him. You gotta, you gotta be able to run the ball. You gotta find something else that you can do. Take some pressure off of him. I mean, I will say this, and Sark has gone back to this and said it a thousand times. It's all Rod about them winning in versatile ways. Yeah, that is something they have this year that they didn't necessarily have a year ago. Agreed. Right? Agreed. I, I, I do is think that, is that what happens next week if they can't go with if they have to go with Arch or Quinn or Malik and, and Malik again or Arch? What what do you think? Uh, I, I definitely Drew? think no. We're go, I definitely think we're going with Malik just because he hasn't executed the way we want doesn't mean he can't execute. I do think every week is going to present his challenges, but with those challenges come coaching opportunities. He has seen it. Because one thing that stands out to me today, and, and I'll probably notice it more on the on the rewatch, our offensive line blocked well. Uh, they actually played a really solid game. He had the time to throw the ball. We never yeah. – there were times where I felt he panicked. It wasn't because there was real pressure. There's times he could have stepped up into the pocket. I feel like our offensive line played well. And if I'm a coach, if I'm Coach Sark going back this week, I'm going to Malik and saying, dude, Yes, they block. They block their tail off for you today. Calm down. You're a big body. Step into the pocket and just throw the ball. Stay calm, dude. Stay calm. You got this. The film is going to show what the opportunities really are for him. And if he can just learn and really digest that and get composure, I really think he's going to be fine moving forward, guys. He just he needs to see the film and see how composed. He really should be because there's not there really wasn't pressure. He had a clean pocket today. 
All right. Uh, this a uh, couple other uh, things we had here real quick. Dale Allen, uh, that non-PR call on the worthy in the second yeah. was a killer. Any yeah. other small plays that y'all saw that were kind of hidden that y'all mm. thought could have gone either way, maybe? That's that that out-of-bounds call hit on Ryan Watts was, wasn't small. I thought that was that was big, too. Big. Um, anything, yeah. Jerry, Drew, anything? No. I mean, I look like they have it. No, no, the one the one that scared me the most was uh what was actually what took so long to overturn the call with Jalen Ford. I mean, with the fumble recovery. I was sitting there and saying, what's take I was what's taking so long on this? I mean, that went on and on and on. And I was thinking about myself, there's no way they cannot overturn that call, but it took so long. I think all Texas fans are sitting there wondering because you're like, that was so evident on TV. Um, that, that one's the one for me that I was kind of getting nervous about. For, for me, it was, and this, this really isn't a call, but I noticed, I was like, man, you know, Malik throws the ball so hard, other teams can't pick it because <laughs> there's some chances they had. I was like, Damn, these guys aren't used to the ball coming at them that fast. That's true. So <laughs> that was one thing that stood out. Um, but I, I guess the other thing was just pre-snap penalties. I really think pre-snap penalties on key downs made a difference in this game, made a difference in some drives for us. Uh, was the first drive of the game, JT Sanders, uh, we were at third and five, third and four, and, and we were in field position where I know at third and four, Sark probably would have gone for it twice. Uh, third and five, he would have gone for it twice. Uh, JC Sanders gets a gets a gets an offsides penalty. We move back. Uh, I really think the pre-snap penalty part of this game changed the complexion of of, of, of our opportunities to keep drives alive. Yeah, uh, and score the ball because we put ourselves in some compromising situations. Uh, Cam Williams had three of them um, that, that stood out to me. So at the end of the day, I do think that's another element. Should be an easy coaching point on film. Hang in there. I'd rather you be late coming off the snap than to get too antsy and jump off. So uh, I think pre-snap penalties is probably the one thing that stood out to me that infected, that affected some drives I wish we could have back. All right, let's uh, let's keep going. This is a – Drew and, and Jerry, I think this is a good one. From Buddy Pal, Chief Big Guy, the 4 team played 3-1 score game. And to lost to OU on the Yeah, Bobby, uh, to his point, to that point, um, yeah, you, three one-score games, lost all you on the way to uh, Rose Bowl. You have to win the games you would normally lose. Yeah, absolutely, Drew. And, and, and the best thing about uh, – Rod mentioned this, and it's one of the things I – I always say, I think Nick Saban loves close wins at times because they're great weeks to coach, right? He doesn't mind the he doesn't mind getting in the fight against somebody that maybe he should people think he should blow out because he gets to coach them up the next week. Uh, so te- it's coaching points have fallen very well for Sark this year, right? Rice offensive line didn't play physical, great going into Bama, right? Wyoming, eh, we didn't really come out and play the way we needed to, right? Great going into road game at Baylor. We didn't come out with the energy uh, we needed to. Uh, so it's all kind of fallen into place for Sark this year from a coaching perspective and kind of talk about that from your perspective because I do agree with uh, th- this post group. 
I think after every game, Jerry, I've said like, man, there's some good stuff to coach on yeah. because as a player, as a player, you're already hungry for more, but as a coach, when you have some really simple things, just like, Hey, let's look at this on film. What could you do different? And, and I, I guess the, the example I'm thinking of is just kind of going right back to the Malik situation. It's Malik. You were, you had a clean pocket. Yeah. You were comfortable. Everything looked good, dude. Just sitting there. You're a big guy. You don't need to panic. You don't need to move or run out of the pocket and freak things out. Just have some composure. This week is a composure yeah. week. But those one-score games also give you opportunities to put, put pressure on the defense. The defense, there, there's in weeks like this, you don't have times to practice these, these certain, certain scenarios. But we do need to clean up some things on coverage. When things are moving really fast, just making sure we're aligned, we're on the same page, um, whether that's on crossing routes or on, you know, Ryan Watts finding the ball, uh, just on a deep ball. I mean, that was a routine play. He was in position to make it. He has to make those plays. And so even on the side of the ball where where you play well, those close games give you a lot to work on. And, and I agree with you, Jerry. Every week, Sark has had, a, had something he can lean on so coach these guys up. Yeah. Uh, Matt's going to bring up, we got two or three super chats left. All right. Thunder Pop, thank you for that. Sark said he will do what's best to get a W. Arch has had lots of clutch situations. If Quinn can't play, this, will Sark play Arch? No, nah, he's going to start Malik. I mean, Malik has uh, started two games in a row. I, I Look, unless Malik physically can't go, um, uh, Malik will start at TCU. Let's see where Quinn's at. Quinn was lightly tossing the football around uh, – this week a little bit. Let's see where he's at this week. Um, look, Ethan Burke was just a quick healer uh, from a little meniscus surgeries back a week and a half later. Um, this this TCU game just became incredibly meaningful after today. And nothing speeds up a quarterback getting back on the field more than a win today and next week's road game being incredibly meaningful, Drew. I'll say this too. There's nothing like being a starter – and you get injured and you go to the sideline and you watch That's right. your backup play. And, and while he hasn't played perfect, he hasn't played, he's made plays. There's a lot of plays that frankly Quinn wasn't making in certain plays in certain ways, whether it be downfield or certain things that, that I know Malik has made. Quinn's seeing the game differently, being able to sit on the sideline and coach up and see the game. It probably looks really easy to him. And so uh, whenever he is able to come back, I just I anticipate uh, he'll he'll have a bit of an edge we haven't seen from him because those games on the sideline really help you see the game differently. Totally agree, one hundred percent with that, Drew. I think that's a great point. Uh, how do you think Cam Williams played today at right tackle? We talked about that a little bit earlier. Look, I mean, first game, first real game action for him, Drew, since he's been at Texas, um, and everybody's going to kind of look at the, yeah, the. I think he did have the one hold and the three false start penalties. But 75 snaps of offensive football in your first start, um, you know, one holding call, pretty good. Uh, 37 passes, 37 runs for Texas. But I thought he played really well for his first start. I mean, I thought, look, he's a guy that has, since I've seen, since I saw him in high school so much, I thought if he just maximized his talent, the guy's going to play in the NFL. You just not that many guys that are that big that move like him with that type of length, that type of natural power. Uh, but what kind of you without going in back and watching the video film yet? What do you think of his first start? I'm excited about it, dude. I remember when he first came out there. Uh, this is probably the first game I've been able to watch 
with no one in the house but me. And so as my girls were playing, I saw Cam do something. Um, and I got excited. I was like, Kelvin Banks, Cam Williams, DJ Campbell. Yeah. Man, <laughs> you know, like let's let's get let's get some more reps of this. Let, let's get more of this. And nothing against Christian Jones, but you start seeing what these big bodies when they actually all come together. I mean, Cam Williams is going to be all right now. Yeah. To play 75 snaps in your first game is, is is huge, regardless of the result. He didn't do anything. Those pre-snap penalties are one thing, but as far as executing, I didn't see anything that stood out. I was very proud of the way he showed up today. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. Hey, Jerry, we had everything needed to happen. AM and Florida lose. Can we capitalize on the Aggies collapsing? You mentioned if we lose this one. Logging that, yeah, negativity takes over. I mean, here's the deal. Texas A&M's five and four. There is not going to be anything positive coming out of Texas A&M. Uh, from the fan base, that's just the way this is. That's the way this recruiting game goes. What, uh, the thing in recruiting is once you start hearing direction of program, that's bad for recruiting. That is the worst thing you can hear in recruiting is I'm concerned about the direction of the program when you talk to somebody, a high school coach, what a kid's saying, family member. That's when things are going bad in recruiting. Uh, so for Texas A&M, look, they're staring seven and five in the face, and that puts them in a really tough spot because they owe Jimbo a lot of money, the assistants a lot of money. I mean, you're getting up for it's a $100 million deal there. Uh, so that's going to be interesting. A seven and five, lost his quarterback for the year, had some unfortunate injuries on the offensive line, or you're going to whack him and start over. I don't know. Florida's even more interesting for me because this is not the game they needed to lose. I mean, Arkansas was two and six, was reeling. And now you sit there and you turn around, you have at LSU, at Missouri, and Florida State at home. You have to win one of those games to go six and six. I mean, after going six and six in year one. In 2024, Florida has the toughest schedule I've ever seen in college football. 11 power five games. You have FSU, Miami, and UCF, plus the SEC schedule that now includes a trip to Texas. So, Billy Napier's up against it, man, after today because he's staring and he went six and six in year one. Now you're looking at five and seven. And again, if you're Texas um, and you're going after Xavier Phil Same and you're going after Wardell Mack, you know, you don't have to say it, but they're going to start saying that what well, those parents are going to say, what's the direction of the program? Um, what's going to happen here? Is there going to be a coaching change? So I'm not saying there is. Uh, we'll see what happens with Florida next year. But that was a big loss for the Gators today. All right, guys, uh, last super chat, and then we're going to get out of here. Have we improved week to week, Drew, or are we making similar mistakes week to week? That's a good question. I mean, at the end of the day, we're winning week to week. I mean, we've had resilience week to week. We've had curveballs thrown at us week to week, um, whether it be injuries. I, I don't think – I still think we've undervalued Jake Majors going out early in that, in that OU game. Yeah, um, we, we've undervalued JT Sanders coming back, but being ineffective. I mean, being a liability in that game against OU. I, I think one thing Sark has hung his hat on and I can say, you know what? He should be proud of when he talks about culture, when he talks about togetherness, when he talks about complimentary football, winning game in different ways, games in different ways. If that's who he wants to be as a coach, then I can say he's achieved that. And as the, the season, we, let's not undervalue this win. I don't care how we got it. Everybody thought 
we could not win this game if we played this bad and gave them that many opportunities. We turned over the ball. We won this game. That means that there are some other elements in this program and amongst the players yeah. that, that led to this. We have to be proud of that. This is exactly what Sark wanted to build here. He's proud of that. And, and to your point, Drew, that Cam Williams, not a starter. Malik Murphy, not a starter. I mean, think about the injuries this team's playing through. Last year they had all five starters on the offensive line, all 13 games. Nothing close to that this year. So this team is winning through adversity, a lot of injury adversity. I mean, center backs are hadn't been 100%, but maybe six carries this year. Jonathan Brooks is at 100% right now. I mean, so just JT Sanders is definitely hadn't been playing 100%. So think about the adversity through injuries this team has faced and that you're still sitting there eight and one. That says something to the character of the team and the culture that Sark and the staff is building 100%. I give it up for Terrence Brooks on – Taft's pick. He laid out, I think, and obscured the receiver's vision. Yeah, good call. Yeah, he he, he mistimed his jump, but it, it was it was a good distraction that, that led to that that drop. So um good coverage. We actually have guys in position to make plays often. Um, whether it be Ryan Watts, Terrence Brooks, Terrence Brooks, I'd be happy to see some of our corners make those plays down the field. We're not making enough of those. Uh, but either way, being in position to make the play is, is the first step. <laughs> now we have to start finding the ball and see if we can get our hands on it. All right, guys, this it's about going to do it for our post-game show this week. Uh, thanks to Bobby and Rod uh, for uh, joining in as long as they could there from Schultz's. Thank you very much, Drew. Uh, we got a lot of TCU talk this week. Uh, it's going to be TCU Super Bowl. Season hadn't gone how they wanted it to. Uh, so you know it's the last crack at Texas up in Fort Worth. You know what's coming, Texas fans, this week. It's uh, They'll find a way to play better than they have probably all season, at least offensively. We'll see defensively because they haven't tackled anybody this year. It's been an issue. Uh, but for Drew, for Rod, for Bobby Burton, this is Jerry Hamilton. Thank you to the, I think, 1,500 or so Texas fans that joined this chat. Thank you to all you guys and hook them, and we'll talk to you on the live stream tomorrow night.